Something other than you are Blade of grass or skipping stone Or bright and shining stone If I was Jim Or some amethyst I'd be You would put your faith and trust in me And if I was a tree
in his bio it says knack, but I call it a gift for music. Driven by his passion, Jeremy taught himself to play the guitar and begin to write and perform music, and the rest, they say, is history. And once again, I want to thank Michael Stover with MTS Management for bringing Jeremy to me. He brought Jeremy to me two, two years ago, at least two years ago, maybe even three years ago, when Jeremy was just starting out, and I said then that Jeremy would go very, very far, and he has not failed. He has gone to the stars and beyond. Jeremy, welcome, my friend. I'm so glad you're back with us tonight. Yeah, it's so good to be back. It, it is it is hard to remember, though, for sure. It's been a crazy two years, so I think that was like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's, crazy it's all a blur. Crazy would be kind. I mean, the the last two years have been a a set of insanity, I would say. But yeah, <laughs> time to catch up. You have just been exploding everywhere. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's been uh, it's been nice, and uh, you know, I think it's uh, it's surprising and. Uh, uh, I mean, it's just nice, but it is surprising. Like you never know. You put uh, I put the uh, I put that new record out, which that song uh, with the uh, the ever elusive uh, pregnant pause there at the end. That was a uh, I love stuff like that. I'm sorry about that. Also, uh, I this, loved it. it was, <laughs> that's why we call it off the chain here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, we but gotta, the thing is, Jeremy, remember the very first time you came on this show. And I still have this song in my in my playlist, and we played Burn This House Down. And I've played it several times as opening songs for several other shows I've done. And I told you then, Jeremy, honey, get ready for the ride. Buckle in that seatbelt because you are just going to go over the top. And I don't think you quite believed me. But Ian will tell you, if I tell an artist that that's going to happen, it happens. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, every I, time. I, I I'm telling you, she, she can read the tea leaves pretty good, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's an awesome way to put it. I know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, you you weren't wrong, and I still appreciate. It. I I don't know. It's like, it just the 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 belief uh, that people have in you itself gives you like a power to propel forward, especially when it's someone who like comes across a lot of artists like yourself too. Um, it's just nice, you know, it makes it makes you feel like, you know, you chose to do the right thing, which I think is uh, exactly what we all want to feel, you know, at the end of the day and, you know, the end of our lives and everything. Well, and that, that brings me back to the opening song. There There is a line in this song towards the end of the song that I, I tell people every day because in general, we as human beings don't always feel like that we are enough. But we are enough. We just have to find it within ourselves to understand, number one, God don't make no junk. Number two, we're here for a purpose. And number three, every one of us have something to contribute. So that song, it it not only tells a story, but it gives a life's lesson. Would it be fair to say that? Yeah, yeah, I think that's uh I think that's the type of music I've always resonated with and I've always wanted to be able to created and not sound like too pretentious like if if you know what I mean like there's like a lot of people out there I feel like 
I don't want it to come off like I was pushing it too hard because the lyrics come so naturally that it's like that 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 kind of bothers me when I hear people like like it doesn't feel like they want to give the lesson for the right reasons. Like it right. just feels like they want to say something that they feel is profound. It's not something they feel themselves. Well, um, I know for a fact. Oh, I know for a fact that you feel that you are enough. You've had enough bumps in your road that you are enough, my friend. So don't ever don't ever feel like you're being pretentious in your music because your music is very, very heartfelt. It's very well spoken. And if people don't get it, just send them to me. I'll straighten them out in a hurry. Well, and that's yes, what I was going to say yeah. too. Is the the lines, the, the lyrics are very uh, profound and in their own way because I cannot tell you the amount of people that they act like people that they aren't. You know, you, yeah. you see so many faces and so many masks on so many people that um, it honestly irks me because you know I'm my personality on this show is my personality at work and the personality in my life and all, all of that stuff. And I don't understand why you have to have all these masks. Like, why can't you just be a transparent one dimensional person to everybody and, and one dimensional in the sense of like, you know, I'm, I'm not saying I'm a robot, but I'm saying yeah, that like, they're, they're getting the same thing every time. Right. It's right. authentic. Yeah. It's real. Yeah. And, that's that's always kind of really irked me. Like when I sit down with people and they're like, "Oh, I just want to show you the happy family." I'm like, "No, like, tell me where the abuse was. Tell me where the sadness yeah. was. Like, give me that kind of stuff. Like, you know what I mean?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like all the good stuff is in the corners, man. Like that's. A- <laughs> and and you can only write about happy stuff for so long. Then it becomes like rainbows and lollipops and it doesn't resonate but when somebody writes and sings from the heart about things that are on their mind the journey they've been on that leaves something with the listener for them to carry with them and go oh this artist gets me yeah yeah and i and i think that that's what i want i'm I'm like i'm i always want the human connection because all artists are, are people who create for other humans. Like, because it's, it's an awareness on a scale that like by choosing to be an artist, you've opened yourself up to like to see things a specific way or differently. Like it's a, it's the way that comedians deliver our lives to us in a perspective that we've never observed it. Uh, and, and that's what I I think you're trying to do. You're trying to serve people back up to themselves in a non-cannibalistic way, of course. Uh, <laughs> well, in my in my world here, it could be cannibalistic. You, you know, I'm a little weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, well, it, hey, well, it's I, interesting that you say that. Oh, it's interesting that you say that too, because um, I think that's where most of my writer's block occurred was when that I couldn't feel genuine and in touch with my emotions, um, be it through, you know, some of my, uh, demons or diseases or what have you. And that's where some of my hardest writer's block came or, you know, I guess another one, another big one is just the environment, right? Where the environment makes you want, uh, make, wants you to be something that you're not. 
I think that's where a lot of the writer's block came from for me personally. I don't know if you two can agree, but just from environments that like, we don't want to hear your creative ideas. And I'm like, Oh man, like if you don't want to hear my ideas and you don't want to care for me as a person, like it really puts a damper on your, on your artistic side too. I mean, every, anything, that one for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well that's, I mean, it's toxic, like toxic means bad. So like, it's never going to be good for, especially your creative side, your creative side thrives on, on things that are like create passionate feelings, depending on where your passions lie. So it's like, you know, it needs, it's like the wick and it needs to remain lit. And if people, if you're in an environment where people are constantly blowing it out, <laughs> like it'll, it'll really, it'll really, but I mean, it, it, it usually when your writer's blocks occurring, it's, it's, it's a sign that, you know, something needs to be work on. Like I, I do, meditation and and exercise and like sometimes i just go for walks or hikes or something and that usually clears me out like because i'm I'm passionate about those things um so it's like when when the passion is when one side of your passion is lacking you go fill the void with your other passions and usually the other thing comes back because you're, you're you're feeling again well spoken now with that being said since since the the two years of insanity are are we hope fading <laughs> off into the sunset if Fauci can keep his mouth shut, are you getting <laughs> back out? <laughs> are you getting back out there and doing live shows and connecting with the people again? Because with artists, it's it's sort of like food for the soul when we can be around those that appreciate the craft. Yeah, yeah, it's it's almost like I mean there there's some people that are just songwriters and I think that's what I enjoy about being a singer-songwriter like the performing aspect. I first off, I love to travel. I get some of the best thinking done behind the wheel of a vehicle like either that or like you know I listen to audiobooks and podcasts. Like all aspects of this job are exactly uh what I need from this life. So it's uh it's nice, but and to answer the question also, so I don't get too tangential here. Uh, the uh, I, yes, I am. I'm I'm finally getting back out there and doing shows. Like, um, I've I've already had a couple this month, and and, and next month April for me is 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 almost fully booked, and that's that's with some Texas gigs, some some Tennessee gigs, some North Carolina gigs, and some gigs in Virginia as well. So when are you coming to, to sunny Southern Florida? I want to know. I need to do that. Someone just sent me some uh, Florida uh, places to play the other day, and I need to send out those booking emails. Um, and that's been fun, too, sending those. Like, you know, when you get something back, it's like you won something, but it's, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. All my, my, my 45 seconds to a minute 30 paid off of hard work right there, but you're sending like maybe 500 of those bad boys a week, hoping that you hear back from at least 10 or something. Uh, but yeah, I, would, I, I need to get, I need, <laughs> yeah, I need to get to Florida. It's on, it's on the list as people say. <laughs> because you, yeah. you, I will stand in line to buy a ticket, Jeremy. Well, I mean, hopefully you don't have to buy a ticket. You know, it's like I, I kind of, I'm just getting out there. Like, you know, if I can get a, uh, you know, a set fee and like figure out connecting dates, like, 
especially because I know businesses were hit hard over the past couple of years. Like, I don't want to overcharge people. Like, if you want to, you want to pay me to do what I love. Like, you know, I it, I do do this for a living, so it's like, yeah, I get that. But also, I'm, I'm not gonna like ask a ridiculous deal. You know, it, it's one of those things. But ticket shows or not, I'm sure I'm sure you would you would definitely be on the list. I want to. I want to hear uh, a little bit more of what he loves. I, I know you got oh, another absolutely. song. Just wait. Well, we're going to, and because I want to talk about this song too, because I read the background on this song and I thought it was interesting. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna play this one, ladies and gentlemen. This is off the chain. I'm your host Yvonne Mason with my co-host Ian Bush and our guest slash now family music artist Jeremy Parsons, and this is his song Lillian. <laughs> She said she never wears underwear I said I never wear shorts She said she don't believe in life after death I said we're all just a riding course Yvonne Mason with my co-host Ian Bush and our guest 
and friend, music artist Jeremy Parsons. Jeremy, tell me about that song because it it is just so soulful and so I'm gonna say retro. Yeah, it's uh it's it, it's kinda cool how it came together. Like we so it started with um as far as the timeline goes, it started with uh, a street sign. So when I was living in Nashville, I would drive from uh, my my house in East Nashville to downtown to to play gigs, um, and that's how that's how a majority of us that live in town and and like to play frequent shows make a lot of our money and living down there. So it was uh, <laughs> when I was driving that direction, I took the same route every time because I'm such a creature of habit. But I would always pass by the street called Lillian. And it was, you know, I passed by like two handfuls of streets on the way there. And, and that was always just a name that really stood out to me the most. So I put it in the notes section of my phone because I was like, oh, you know, I'll think of this later and forgot about it, I guess. And then I was playing on stage uh, one day downtown and a drunk girl walked up to me and I guess was trying to flirt with me and told me, you know, she was like, she didn't wear underwear, and I was like, "Well, I'm a weird, I'm a weird guy." So my response, of course, was something ridiculous to the effect of, "Oh yeah, well, I never wear shorts." You know, I was <laughs> like, "You're gonna be sexy, sexy, and I'm gonna immediately diffuse it because I have a girlfriend, and this is making me uncomfortable." <laughs> so Way like, that's to what go. I said. Yeah, yeah, I did a good See, job. That, that song felt scared. completely different to me because it actually talk to me about compassion and meeting people in the middle like i if you did not tell me what you just told me i totally would have thought that like she was the more um adventurous scandalous sexy and he's just like hey man i just like that you love me like more simple you know what i mean like i, I saw the two parallels and yeah. how they're making it work together so so you're actually right. So that's the third ingredient to that song was the girlfriend that I had at the time. It's about these these two weird people emerging in each other's lives and just uh really appreciating each other for who they are. And then and you're not wrong in what you said either. Like that that's a lot to do with it as well. It's like, man, I'm just happy to be here. Actually, I used to say that in my relationship all the time. <laughs> See? Great minds run together. Now I'm going to, I'm going to say something because you know I always do deep dive, and yeah. in an interview that you did, <laughs> you were asked how you got where you are, what what was the backstory, and ladies and gentlemen, what I'm going to say to this is, hey football coach, it was your loss because now we have him on our side. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, he's 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 actually doing. Someone was nice enough to send me a YouTube link to. Uh, he's doing these like nutritional YouTube videos, and they're like he's he's always taking himself so seriously, and it, they're not supposed to be comedy, but like I really enjoy them as comedy. <laughs> well, well, Ian, what happened was um, Jeremy's father had given him a guitar and it was in the bedroom jeremy and his coach had a um non-meeting of the minds of the way the coach treated people and versus the way that 
Jeremy thought they should be treated. So Jeremy basically said, see you, bye, and went home and picked up the guitar, and the rest is history. Yeah, and he didn't stop asking me to play. He didn't stop asking me to play. That was my junior year. and senior year, he came to me again. It was like, you sure, man? We could use you. And I'm like, "Mm, yeah, that's exactly what you want to do. You want to use me, man. It's my body, not yours. (laughs) I am so proud of you. Well, then that segues into another story that I can just visualize the the reaction and the look on your face when you're sitting in that um, dressing room and an icon of country music walks through the door. Tell that story and how it came about. The the little Jibby Dickens story? Yes, yes. So so I got to, uh, I was backstage at the Grand Ole Opry, first off, which was my first time ever back there. Uh, and, and it was, so it was already overwhelming. And I was back there with the Grascals, who were a bluegrass band. Uh, and they, uh, they were like, Hey, hold on one second. Tune this guitar. Uh, we'll, we'll be right back. Like, didn't tell me like, Oh, we're going to get somebody or anything. So I'm tuning this guitar and just being myself saying stupid stuff and like looking around the dressing room in awe. I had to be like, tw- I think I was 21 at the time. Like I, I had only been in Nashville maybe like four or five months. Um, and and they bring little Jimmy Dickens in. Like he's grinning and I like, I look up, for, like I double took because I'm tuning the guitar and making sure it's good. Because uh, they were, play- like the Grassles were playing the opera. I thought I was just doing them a favor because they were about to go on stage. So I wanted to make sure it was in good tune. And he walks in, and I look up, and I'm like, oh. And I look back down, and I'm like, oh, my God. It's little Jimmy Dickens, man. Like, this dude knew Hank Williams Sr. He was friends with Hank Williams Sr. He has the the story of, hey, good looking, emerges with this man. Um, Like, it, and he walked in, and, you know, we did everything. And then, so the Grascals were considering cutting one of my songs. And they brought him in there because he was so close with Hank Williams Sr. And that was that was basically who, uh, I guess I could say in a weird way, that's like who I thought I wanted to be at that time. Uh, and like who really moved me. And I was like, I want to try to pick up where this guy left off. Uh, and uh, at that time, I was writing in that style. Uh, quite a bit, like very wise, the bluebird blue style. Um, and, and they loved the song. It was called out comes the sun. And, and so I sat down and I played it for little Jimmy Dickens. And he looked at them and said, if you don't cut that, y'all are idiots. Uh, he said something else, but you know, that works for right, this, uh, the, uh, <laughs> but, and so they were like, well, that, that finalized. And I was like, I sent them the song via email. They were in the studio, and then within the next month or two, I had a song on a on a record of like a bluegrass band that was doing shows with Hank Jr. and Eric Church and Dolly Parton. Um, and it and it was on on Little Jimmy Dickens' approval. And then I made a record, and he was in the, he was in my music video, and he helped me promote the album on RFD TV. Um. He was just so nice, and like every year I would I would visit him. 
he and his wife at their at their place out in uh Brentwood and I would my my friend at the time made these like bouquets and I would bring them like a bouquet or something cuz you don't want to show up to like uh little Jimmy Dickens house like empty-handed you feel like it's just a, a your gift is getting to be there they never right. made you feel like it it was like a kiss the ring situation it was just my respect for the fact that this this guy was the last of an era um uh and and he still had such a good humor via all the change like you, you saw dudes that were like 20 or 50 15 to 20 years younger than him that were already super bitter and this guy was just you could tell he had found himself at such a young age like he had never it was easy for him to navigate because it was always he who was navigating right um he was fantastic and he had been around since uh, 1940s 40s, yeah late 40s early yeah. 50s so he he was already an icon in the industry oh yeah he had seen everything and survived it all like it is it's crazy uh and i mean i think he lived to be he lived a good while after like uh, we did all that stuff with me. Like, you know, he, he went on and was in a bunch of Brad Paisley videos and stuff as well. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I don't think he died that long ago. I no, think it's been a minute. He, but like, Yeah, it, it it hadn't been that far in the distant past. Yeah. And I, I can hear the wheels turning, honey. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm just in awe that you had a connection through that. Like, when, once you started to say who he was, I'm not going to lie. Um, but I will always admit my shortcomings of knowledge. Uh, I was like, who is this guy? But then you started explaining. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. Like, I'm with you now. Like, yeah, that is a big deal. Yeah. So, well, I mean, how, I mean, how did that interaction, too. how did that interaction um, change you as a person? I mean, you, you talked about how it changed you as an artist, right? Because you're trying, like, that was your thread to your hero, essentially. But did it change you as a person a little bit, too? Yeah, I think it I think it pushed me to a place that I needed to be as far as who I was in the industry because I, I, I needed to see what I needed to see to come back to where I am now. It was almost this thing like that that began the height of my of like a career that was observed like as far as like the people in the industry watchtower. Like when you get up to that level that they're noticing you. Like it got me to that point to make me realize that that was like that's not that's not a form of attention that I actually need, uh, and he was a good compass for that too because of like the way that he like reacted to it was so nonchalant like he didn't care like if it happened or not, and then everyone else around him was like vultures. Uh, so, so for me, it was almost just like, oh, like you see so many people in the entertainment industry, like, like you said earlier, they're wearing masks and they're just not themselves, but his longevity came from being himself. And it was such a good lesson. Um, like, you know, I mean, Hank Williams died when he was 29. Like, I definitely didn't want to be that. <laughs> like, it, you know, it was a close call, but like at the same time, like it, you did I, I was I was moved by his poetry it it, it uh and everything but it's it, he was it was it was necessary like I think he knew what he was doing he wanted to get me to a point in my career quicker so I could realize 
at, at, at the same speed, like how much something else was more important than, than almost like these ridiculous achievements because he's not a big award winner. You know, mm-hmm. he, did, he didn't go back. Like he didn't clean up his, his, his biggest feat was just his, his relevance and his longevity in an industry that very rarely allows it. Um, and and on that same he, note, Jeremy, now this is for the younger crowd. Those of us who are my age and have seen little Jimmy Dickens, he was called little Jimmy Dickens for a reason. He was about my height. He was about 4'11". But when he walked out on that stage, he became 10 feet tall and bulletproof. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was he was probably one of the like maybe the most uh, remembered act on the Grand Ole Opry outside of like unless Riders in the Sky were playing that same night, they're fairly memorable as well. But like mm-hmm. Little Jimmy Dickens always stole the the show, even if you were seeing like you know whoever was playing that night. It didn't matter matter how big of a hit they had, from like small children to the eldest in the room, you were going to remember little Jimmy Dickens probably in a conversation years later more than you would. You would probably be like, oh, yeah, who is it that we wanted to see that night? It was like, I can't remember, but little Jimmy Dickens was amazing. <laughs> he sucked all the air out of the room. when he, he commanded that auditorium or that stage or wherever he was performing. When he hit the stage, it was like he sucked all the air out of the room and he was in total command of the audience. Yeah, and naturally so. Like he did not all he had to do was be there to do that. Like it it's very it's very cool. Like be, yeah, being close to him was uh well, I mean it was an absolute gift. Like I I don't I don't I don't think I've ever I mean I got to open for George Jones in Houston, Texas once and you know, he and Nancy are phenomenal, but like there's something about how long little Jimmy Dickens had been doing it that was just really uh, – the fact that he wanted to help me really meant – I mean, it, it always will. Like, I'm still affected, but I'm still very moved by the fact that that, that even – he also gave me a Victrola. Like, he gave me a Victrola. Wow. Uh, like, an old wind-up one. He was like, yeah, it, he was like – he he loaned it to me for the music video shoot and then gave it to me afterwards. He was like he was like, Yeah, I thought I thought if I didn't I didn't if I told you that I was just going to give it to you, I didn't think that you would take it. <laughs> no, so, I probably wouldn't have. Like <laughs> Jeremy, um you know, Yvonne and I talk about this a lot too on this show, that there's been a lot of people before us who gave us certain knowledge or certain gifts or opportunities and all that. And it got us to where we are today. Do you feel that the gifts that you got from him, you've bestowed upon other people? Can you, can you detail a couple of instances where you've used your platform to help other people? Yeah, I think I've, I think I try, like when I was living in Nashville, there were a few younger artists when I was on the road. Like, I would go to, like, Norway and stuff, and there were artists that had just gotten to town, and and they needed a place. Like, they were like, man, I could, I could, I think I could make this work if I had a place that was affordable to crash. 
And I would be like, oh, well, I'm out of town a lot, so if you want, you could watch. Like, you could just, like, basically, they just lived on my couch, but when I wasn't there, it was their place. Uh, like, I, I think I tried to give that back almost immediately. Now, I will say that that did not always work out in my favor. Uh, but, the, you know, because you, you never know who you've got in your place until you know who you've got in your place. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, I think I always, always try to do, especially with young, young artists now, like I, I, I really try to take them aside and be like, can see that you want this, but I want to talk to you more about the industry and see if you still want it afterwards. And I want you to know this isn't coming from a place of bitterness. This is coming from a place of a person who loves what we get to do to what I believe is another person who also loves it for those same reasons. Like, it's like, it's, it's a gift. And I, I see that you see that, but I want to make sure that you're aware of what you're getting yourself into because you you know, your focus is skewed on, you know, what is the broad term of making it? Like what is success and success is defined purely by, from uh, from person to person, like each individual has their own definition. But when you're young and starry-eyed, you kind of see someone else's definition of success as your own. But if you if you let people know that they actually have the choice, which is that you know we all do. The all-encompassing fact is that we all make our own choices for ourselves. Um, and you know if you if you let them know. And they also have to be ready to receive the message, of course. So, like, it doesn't always work, but down the road, they usually reach back out because they remember you trying to convey that to them when no one else would. Uh, so I, I give that back because he, he gave me that opportunity. And, uh, I mean, I'm going to continue to do that. I think that's just so necessary. Also, you, you want to make sure that people don't do something that, they'll regret down the road and, and not that chasing your dream is something you should ever regret. But a lot, a lot of times, some people will come to realize that they're chasing someone else's dream too. That is um, yeah, true. No, not, that's, that's extremely true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and with that, with that being said, based on everything we've just talked about and taking this trip down memory lane, I am going to play a song off of your new album that Michael sent me. I love Michael. Anytime y'all put out a new album or a new single, guess who gets it? Michael sends it to me. <laughs> and he's I said, a, he's yes. a pro, man. He is. And see, he and I have had this this professional relationship going on six years now. So he's all the time sending me stuff. And I'm going, yeah, book them, book them, book them. And we'll sit down and go through two months worth of bookings. I say, I want them, I want them, I want them. Give me dates. And he'll go, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's and, on top. And, he's impressive. And and you've gotten so busy. I said, look, tell Jeremy that if I need to do a special night for him, just tell me what night he's open and we'll make it happen. It's no big deal. So you got preferential treatment, my friend. Oh, hey, hey, I um. I appreciate it so much. It's worth it to talk to you, though. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad we can always make it work somehow. Oh, absolutely. Never doubt it. Never doubt it. So, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, this is Off the Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, with my co-host Ian Bush and our friend, music artist 
Jeremy Parsons, who is in the house, and this is off of his new album. It is called Good Old Days. Said it was good to be alive He was in a cotton field work till the sun no longer shined He's so damn weathered with a smile Oh, he said glowing like a child Memories came flying back like the stars filled his eyes Whoa, whoa, ain't it a wonderful thing Everybody's different but the feeling's still the same Looking forward to looking back on things I haven't even gotten to my good old days He saw the world once in his time Back before he lost his sight It's it in that easy chair and paint the picture so damn bright It's same old story Same old land I always had an ear to lend Always enlightened by a life That's been well lived Whoa, ain't it a wonderful thing Everybody's different But the feeling's still the same Man, I'm looking forward To looking back on things Jeremy Parsons, and that was off of his new cut called Good Old Days, and Ian, sweetheart, that song is dedicated to you because you still get to look forward to your good old days. You ain't going there yet. You're still young. 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm actually now I'm a little bit taken back that you did that because I was actually getting mad when I was listening to the song. I was like, oh, how many times have I looked forward to the good old days and looking back and it didn't work out. It didn't work out the way I wanted. So I appreciate you uh, dedicating that song because you instantly turned my sour disposition into a better disposition. So thank you for writing that song and thank you for dedicating that song to me tonight. Jeremy, he's 29, yeah. and he keeps saying that that he's that he's looking at 30, and that he is getting old, and he's he's gonna die, and and I said, honey, the best is yet to come. I'm 70. That's the new 40. Yeah. Well, I mean, in the in the point of that song, to actually a good story that like ties into to all this. So I had, I have a a guy who used to come to downtown Nashville to see me all the time. His name is uh, uh, Chris. He actually booked me on the show in one of the shows I'm playing in Virginia. Uh, wow. But but he he got diagnosed with cancer uh, last year, um, and and he made that song his theme song for while he was on chemo, like his his charge. Like uh, he was looking forward to his good old days after he beat cancer, and he's he's I think somewhere upwards, uh, upper fifties or something. So it's not, it's almost like a fresh start deal, no matter where you are. Like it doesn't matter if you're twenty nine or you're seventy or you're fifty six. You know, it's like there there's still there can still be good old days ahead uh, with the positive mindset attached to because you'll find those easier that way. I know that's a day-to-day battle in itself, too, though. You almost got to wake up and, uh, you know, I'll make today a good one because I made yesterday a good one, you know, and so well, and, on and, and so forth. And, Jeremy, it's one day at a time no matter no matter where we are in life. We're only promised one day at a time. Yeah, yeah, that's a, yeah, that's true. I have, a, I have a, another song that um, is going to be on. I'm working on a new project with my good buddy Dustin Martin. We're actually we're both from Texas, and this is uh, he's an engineer. He was an engineer in L.A. for years, uh, and like producer and mixer and everything. And this is the first time we've both been back in Texas in over ten years, and we're both making a project in Texas for the first time. So it's kind of funny how like all the craziness brought. Um, brought it together but i have a song that touches on that you know it's it's going to be called uh the the hook is uh i've lived a life worth dying for and it's basically about you know no matter if even if i you know don't wake up tomorrow you know i had this conversation with myself of like okay yeah no i'm cool you know i have no control over 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 certain things but i have lived a life worth dying for yeah. And you do know that Michael is, is going to send me that project when it's finished, and we will launch it on this show, right? Oh, yeah, I appreciate it. I will warn you, it's very different for me. Like, he is he is like a pop, like, producer who's into, like, uh, Nine Inch Nails and stuff like that. We did some really interesting stuff, but I, I will say it works. Like, it weirdly works. I can't like, wait. And, and w- yeah, when you're listening to it and remembering this conversation, you will understand what I mean. Because I'm like, I'm I have zero doubts about the project, but I just feel like I have to warn people because it's it's so cool. <laughs> like I'm I'm really stoked about it, but it's uh, 
I don't think you should warn them. I think they should be just pleasantly surprised because you are such an eclectic artist. I have that in my notes because I, I've listened to your music evolve and morph over the years. And you're not all country. You're not all pop. You're not all rock. You're not all R&B. You've taken that entire music palette and just created your own color. Yeah, well, I think it's we're we're all like I said. Well, I mean, I would like it more. I think if we all created for the song, uh, and and like I mean, you never know. You put the song in a different producer's hand, you never know where it could be taken. But it's probably perfect for that song, especially exactly. when it happens so naturally. Uh, but, but so many people get stuck on like, oh, I need to, I need, this needs to sound like everything else sounds because that's what people want to hear. And I was like, yeah, but that's, you've just, you've just sullied the art a little bit by doing that. I'm not saying you're going to create something bad, but like, you're also not creating for like what naturally started to happen. You're running against your own current right there. Yvonne, do you know, I I know there's one thing that people don't want to hear though. I know. (laughs) I'm sitting here watching it countdown. Yep. We're at the 10-minute mark. Can you believe that? Oh, man. Time flies when you're having fun. I can believe it. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, we, we we definitely want to know. You want to have some more fun with us later down the road? You want to come on back? Oh, of course, man. Y'all just let me know anytime. I mean, I mean, I could I could do this while I'm traveling. Like you know, whatever. Like we'll 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 make it work. Y'all just send uh, send me or Michael whatever we need to do to set something up again. Of course, well, I'm and glad you, you said yes, Yvonne, because I I don't think we've heard a guest say no yet. So he'd be our first no. So well, he, oh, he won't man. say no. <laughs> he won't say no because he loves coming on this show because he knows that we we love him and and he knows that he's being heard and I must and. We're up to almost 148,000 listeners in 45 countries. So he's being heard in places he might not ever be heard. I mean, yeah, that's 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 what you that's what you want, right? I mean, you, you exactly. want to you want to reach. But also, I enjoy this time. We had a good time. Like it literally, it literally didn't feel like it had been that long. I could have gone another hour. <laughs> And we may have to. You keep getting so popular. We may just have to do it at 2 o'clock in the morning while you're driving down the road. Who knows what we might have to do. But that's okay Ooh, because yes. it's you. We could do the, the, the midnight showing, a special midnight showing. Hey, <laughs> that's a thought. Don't tempt me. <laughs> let, let's Tell play, let, hey, let's shoot, let's shoot for Halloween. We'll make it creepy or something. Oh yeah, well see I wanted to get you one at Halloween because we did some we did a whole month of, of creepy with Halloween and you were not available at that time. There was a whole lot going on in your life which I respected and I I told Michael, I said, Let's just let Jeremy regroup and we'll just bring him on when he's ready. So if, yeah, Halloween it is, my honey. We can make this happen, can't we, Ian? course we can Ian. yeah no uh, for, oh i'm, I was I'm here say, Ian, hey I, I took the mute button off <laughs> 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 he 
he does that all the time. He puts it on mute and then he talks to talks into the phone and the mute buttons on. I don't know who he's talking to at that point in time. I think it's the voices in his head. Yeah, of course. Right. I'm, keeping my, I'm keeping the voices entertained so I can focus on y'all. No, actually, <laughs> um, I I heard. I know this is such a sidetrack. I heard one time. Um, if I didn't mute my phone, I hear background noise of something. So if you want to talk about spooky, talk about like, was that my phone doing those weird sounds? Like, what? Okay. What was the so, ticket yeah, out we, there in the show? We definitely got our Halloween thing rolling already here. Oh yeah. We're gonna right. we're gonna, we're gonna investigate what's going on on the other side of Ian's phone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's the theme of that show. What's going y'all, on? Y'all Ian's really phone? don't want to. Yeah, I was gonna say you don't want to know what's going on behind Ian's phone. There's a there's a curtain okay, that you just don't want to pull. That's fair. <laughs> Understood, my friend. Understood. But when this show, Jeremy, you do know when this show goes into archives and I put it up on my page, I'm going to tag you in it. And then you take this link and you put it anywhere you want to put it because this is all about you, my friend, and this is your show. So on your social media, on your web page, where you can even take it, download it, and put it up on your Spotify. Oh, no way. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. You can put it anywhere that you've got your music. You download this show as an audio, change it to an MP4, and put it up on Reverb Nation, Spotify, wherever you've got your music. You can put this show. Perfect. I will do that. That's awesome. See, you'll be heard even more places. Yeah, that's that's exactly what they need. (laughs) We can make things happen. It's a cool way to get the stories out there too, because this is just like good nonchalant discussion too. They, I think, I think it's nice for for people to, because you know it's weird. Like even playing like, even if I'm playing a small show, like people are really seem kind of uh, overwhelmed to walk up to you, and I'm like, I want you to. I was like, <laughs> like let's well, have but- a conversation. So you well, know well, stuff have- like this, they hear you having conversations. Yes, and they get to know who Jeremy is as a person and that he is really a real person with real trials, tribulations, successes, and not so much successes. But it, it's it, you're not up on a pedestal somewhere where you're not approachable. And, and people need to understand that as artists, we're very approachable. We, I like to tell people, look, I put my clo- my pants on one leg at a time just like you do. It's no big deal. Yeah, yeah. I tell them I put my pants on one arm at a time, same way. You do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, he, and ladies and gentlemen, he does not wear shorts, okay? Don't even yeah, ask yeah, yeah. If you catch me out, like, walking or hiking, like, there's a, there's a chance that I might be wearing shorts. It's a slim chance, but there's still a chance, so you feel free to call me out. <laughs> So that is so that is Jeremy Parsons' words of wisdom tonight. He may or may not be wearing shorts. And on the other hand, we're not so sure about. Yeah, yeah, we don't Next, look behind yeah, the curtain. Not, remember? Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say that curtain is closed, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I I am staying single for a long time. 
Ladies and gentlemen, we're now down to our three-minute mark. Uh, Monday night we will be off. I am in the process of, of closing on my house, moving to another house, buying a second house. So right now my world is upside down, which, of course, is normal for me. It's chaotic, which is my normal path. But on Tuesday night, we will have Corey Coons with us at 8 o'clock. So you know if it's 8 o'clock on Tuesday night that it's time for Off the Chain. Jeremy, you have been a love once again. Thank you so much, sweetheart, for, for taking an hour to spend it with us. We, I, This is a show we have really, really, Ian and I both have looked forward to for a long time. Good. Yeah, I do, too. I really enjoyed it, and I'm uh, I'm uh, very excited to do it again. And and hopefully we can do something sooner than Halloween because it's pretty far well, off. But. We, we can make it happen. When do you anticipate your project to be done? So at this at this point, so I'm going to put out like three EPs is what I'm going to do, and they're all going to be a different theme that all ties together as one really long LP project. But it's uh, I think I, I, the the first single will come out sometime this year, okay. uh, and I don't have an exact date. We're still kind of like work because I, I we want to make sure that we have the whole first EP done and everything tidied up before we put out the first single, just in case, you know. Okay. Um, well, just keep – And but so, we may bring you on even before then because there's a whole lot of, more of your music out there we haven't even touched yet. So we will make that happen in a couple of months. Yeah, let's do it. We'll do the deepest of deep dives. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> So, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it first here. Our our friend and and family member, music artist Jeremy Parson, will be coming back, and I know Ian will be coming back because I can't do without my right arm. He he is he is my the yin to my yang, and I can't do without him at all. Even though I give him a hard time. So Monday night we will be off. Tuesday night we will be here again at eight o'clock on Off the Chain with Corey M. Coons. Be sure and tune in, and if you pass the show along and share it with others, because this is how our indie artists get get heard, get recognized, and go buy. Yes, you can leave very shortly to go buy his music. Look him up. Jeremy Parsons. He is in the house everywhere on the Internet. Friend him on Facebook. And with that, guys, I'm going to say thank you both very much. I love you both very much, and I can't wait to do this again. I can't either. Thank you so much. And thank you, Ian. It was good to meet you. Yeah, good to Via meet you phone. too, man. Love y'all. I appreciate y'all. <laughs> love, yeah. love y'all too. Talk to you later. All right. mm-hmm. Bye. Good night.